Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of the MJ Cast. Today, I'm joined by Jason Garcia and a return guest, Laura Nicholson. Laura has returned to co-host with Jason and I, and this time, Laura will have a chance to share her fan story, followed by lots of news stories, reactions to, and our reviews of the Lifetime TV film starring Navi, Searching for Neverland, Details you'll need to send in a question for Q for an upcoming show and finds of the week and always some sweet, sweet tunes. Welcome to the MJ Cast episode 60. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. I love you! <laughs> I love my fans. Just simply Michael Jackson. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hey guys, hey Jason, hey Laura, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Q? Hiya! Hi, Laura. Hey, we got Laura back. Yeah, and I never Hiya! met her before. I'm very excited. Yes, Laura's, uh, you might remember from our episode 50 when we interviewed Tito Jackson and mm. we'd originally scheduled to talk with Laura that episode and the Tito thing came together very last minute and we surprised Laura on the show and oh, it was hilarious. Oh, you did. It was. I'm still not over it. I am still not over that. I still sometimes have a think about that and have a little weep. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely well, ridiculous. I was not expecting that. You got me good. We sure did. We fooled you well. And Tito took a bit of a shine to you, I think. Mm. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all hot now. I'm getting a bit sweaty. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hilarious. No, he was lovely. He was so sweet. I was nervous as, but it was a highlight of my life so far. So thank oh, you for that. dear me. Heavens. Well, there we go. It's great to have you back. And Jason, thank you so much. You've been super busy. We've survived the mega June rush of episodes. You've done mm-hmm. an amazing job. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, lost count of how many calls we had you on and episodes that you had to edit together and and they've all been very successful, so I'm sure you're quite proud. Oh yes, I'm happy that people like the the episodes, the feedback we got from them and and I'm just glad that Jamin is able to take his time to take care of his baby. And how long until you become a daddy? Uh, in about two months, I'll be in the same position. Oh. Wow. <laughs> How exciting. So many babies. So I'm many babies. <laughs> oh, my days. Yes. Oh, that's exciting news. Well, Laura, last time we did surprise you with uh, Tito Jackson and we never got to hear so many things about yourself. So now <laughs> is the time while, while Jason is over there in the morning time and still waking up. It's uh, lunchtime over in England where you are. So let's take this time while Jason's waking up so you can tell us about yourself. <laughs> oh, well, um, my name is Laura, as you're aware. Um, I'm in England at the minute and I uh, I just make videos in my bedroom 
um, which sounds quite shady. It's not as shady as it sounds, I promise. <laughs> it's, um, you know, and I have a channel on YouTube and I make, you know, lots of videos about Michael, which happened sort of by accident. And now it's sort of my thing. Um, so I make a lot of videos about Michael Jackson and other stuff. And I'm 20 and I'm just living life and loving it. You're only 20? Wow. You're, yeah. a, you're a wee baby. Oh. I know. <laughs> but I'm about six foot, so I look about 30. You do not look 30 at all. My gosh, no way. Oh, bless you. <laughs> not Thank at you. all. <laughs> okay, and, and you go to college and you're studying performing arts. Yes, I'm, do, I'm at the school that um, Paul McCartney of Beatles fame and um, he set up a school. And actually, I have a fun story. So Paul McCartney set up a school that I go to and he came and visited the school recently and did a Q&A and he spoke about Michael in it and I had a freak out. Oh, I bet you did. And did did he, you get to ask yeah, him the question? Actually, well, I was going to, but then someone asked the question that I wanted to ask. I hate and when he that said, um, I know. And he went, well, you know, like we were doing um, when I did a, when I worked with Michael Jackson and I went, woo, in the audience. And then he went and he looked at me and pointed at me and went, oh, she likes him. And I was <laughs> weeping. It was the best of my life. Paul so, McCartney. Paul McCartney acknowledged me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Talking about Michael. Woo. And he was really sweet about him. It was really nice. It was great. Good. Well, I'm glad he had good things to say. Excellent. So how did you discover Michael and become a fan? Well, I obviously had like heard Michael's songs. You can't, you know get to the age of 18 and never have heard any Michael Jackson songs in this world it's impossible but I was ne I never really heard enough of them I think I just heard like Thriller on the radio and whatever and I thought they were good I was like yeah it's a tune and then I was I had a train journey um back from London and I'd given up social media for a month for some reason I was on a detox I think and uh I was like what am I going to do on this train journey I've got nothing to do I can't go on Twitter or anything so I thought, you know what I'm going to listen to Michael Jackson so I've never given him a chance really and so I just sat there on a train and listened to the whole back catalogue and when I got off that train I was never quite the same because <laughs> I was obsessed and I thought this is the best music I've ever listened to it there's so much variety I'm obsessed already and then I made a video um, reacting to Michael Jackson and it got the most views on any of my videos. So I was like making more and more and now it's sort of a thing and I love it. Wow. Love it. So, yeah. So MJ mm. in a train. MJ on a train. It's all you need on a train. A bit of MJ, nothing else. Maybe a coffee and like a, maybe a Mars bar. Other than that, <laughs> oh. all you need is MJ. Oh, I love a good Mars bar. Mm, me too. We've got a limited edition salted caramel flavour at the moment. It's really good. Stop. Yeah. What? Yes. You know what I'm obsessed with? My mum went to Australia and brought back Tim Tams. They are ridiculously yes, good. Yes, they are ridiculously good. That should be impossible. That should be illegal how good they are. Yes. Have you done, they're called the Tim Tam Bomb? Tim Tam Slam. Tim oh, Tam, Tam Slam Dom. as well. It's the same oh, thing. It's no. got different names. Trust me, once I opened that packet, they were gone too quickly for me to do any games with them, Q. They were in my mouth and in my belly. That was it. <laughs> well, next time you get some, try the Tim Tam Slam. Oh, I shall. Because, <laughs> well, make sure you're sitting down because it's that good. Okay, I shall. And I'll record it for a video. Yes, it'll be the best reaction video. I got. Um, <laughs> I had some friends that used to do a, a podcast, the Disney Hipster Podcast, and I sent some Love over it. to them and they filmed themselves doing the Tim Tam Slam and it was hilarious. Oh, 
well that should be my next my next venture great and laura since uh you became a fan later and uh, i guess you started to listen to all his music now do you have a favorite era a favorite album song i don't know video tour outfit everything I what's your do. favorite it's it's so hard to choose but my i think my favorite era is probably dangerous and my favorite album is probably dangerous although i love the invincible album i think i just it annoys me that those songs aren't heard enough by people who aren't fans i love that album but probably dangerous my favorite song 100% is earth song i think it's that last chorus where they're like what about us today and the whole choir like, what about us gets me every time and i go to church at the end of that song it's incredible <laughs> favorite video probably remember the time because of the dance break incredible favorite tour probably bad and we looked nice. good on that tour oh we did yep so yeah i got very excited then i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> And any favorite outfits that you love? Oh my days. Um I love the in the bad tour, the one with all the belts over it. It's like it's like blue and it's like a long sleeve skin tight and it's got like it's got like a black lace. You know the one I mean, the main one of the bad tour. Like the skin tight you know sort I mean? of yeah. the skin tight lycra top. Metallic y the... thing. Yep. Yeah. That one love that one. And I am a big fan of the gold leotard. Wow, really? Tour. Really? Yeah, I like I like something a bit unconventional, you know. Love that. A man who can go on stage rocking that. Love I it. Think, I think that's Jamin's favourite outfit as well, isn't it, Jason? Really? <laughs> well, uh, Jamin no, should send the picture. He, yeah, no, he hates that outfit <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like the I like the what is it the courage behind it I think is what I like <laughs> yes yes that's some courage <laughs> excellent so yeah like Jason mentioned I guess that you're quite a, a recent fan of the last couple of years um mm -hmm. so what in the current world of MJ gives you your MJ joy since he's not with us anymore is mm -hmm. it like his that catalogue of art or is it, you know, books that come out on him or fan blogs or other fan videos? You know what? I think it's especially doing, you know, what I do is like I'll make a, a video about about Michael and then I'll put it up and then you'll see all these comments of people who are literally about 10 or 11 years old or even nine as young as some of them are. They're so young. And I'm like, these kids can barely remember a time when Michael was even alive. You know what I mean? So they, and yet they're still there going, I love Michael Jackson. He's the biggest inspiration that's ever been to me. He's helped me through so much. I love his music. And I just love the fact that a bunch of people can have a community and all agree on something that, and they might have so many other differences, but they can all agree that, you know, they love Michael's music, they love Michael, whatever, and come together through that. And just the, community of people all thinking the same thing and believing what he believes and I think any person that leaves a legacy of love and you know acceptance on this earth is someone who should be looked up to and make as many new Michael Jackson things as we can whether it's like remixes of songs or covers or books anything I, I just love that so if that makes any sense sure I does. was gonna ask It sure does. I was going to ask you how Michael should be remembered. Would your answer be the same or would your answer be different? Uh, I think if I would talk about probably just as someone who had an influence but used it for good rather than just for 
money. You know what I mean? Like you've got so many artists now that will just make music about whatever that will sell. But I think he he should be remembered as someone that used his influence to improve the world. And as a bomb-ass musician. Bomb-ass musician. Yeah, you can quote me on that. <laughs> I think we will. <laughs> now, I know later we're going to be talking about the Navi starred film uh, Searching for Neverland, and I know you'll probably have some stories about things related to that. But have you got any other Michael stories that you want to share with us before we head into our news portion of the show? Yes, I went to my brother. I went to my brother's church the other week. And I've I've only been once, I think, before. And I went for, like, just a random time. And I turned up, and we all sat down. And it's very much like a church, right? And this girl stands on stage. She's like, I'm going to make a change. I was like, hold up, what? Do they know I'm here? What's going on? <laughs> I was so confused. I thought, what is going on? This is a church. Then this girl runs on stage dressed in a full Michael outfit and starts doing, like, moonwalks and routines and everything. And everyone in my family was looking at me like, did you arrange this? Did you bring this here? What's happening? And I just love that. As I just thought, right, his influence is everywhere. Look at this. Ridiculous. Wow. Michael in the church. <laughs> yeah, man. Praise it. That testified. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so it's madness. Cool. Nice one. Well, it's always good when, like, Michael just pops up at uh, sort of unexpected places and, and times. Oh, it's madness. I love it, then. Nice. Oh, that's so good. Well, I'm glad that we got to hear a little bit about your fan story and, and what you do. And do you want to tell people where to find your sort of social media and your, your channel on YouTube? Yeah. So on YouTube, it's just The Book of Laura. I made it when I was obsessed with The Book of Mormon, the musical, don't ask. So it's called The Book of Laura. And uh, yeah, if you just go on there, all my other social media links will be through that channel. So my Twitter, Instagram and everything. And check it out. Yes, go and subscribe. Laura put some awesome uh, and very entertaining videos up. She's my my YouTube wife. I love her videos. Uh, thank you so much, Q. <laughs> our little London, or not London, our little English ray of sunshine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got sunshine. <gasps> oh, Jason's singing Ooh. some songs. Hey. Love that. He's warming up them vocal cords as he's waking up. <laughs> well, no, I don't sing like Laura, but uh, I try. You got a good voice, actually, Jason. Uh, well, maybe I'll yeah. send you my cover. Lovely dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should send a cover as well. Do it. We'll do no. a duet. Oh, we should. Oh. <laughs> good. That's with that lovely accent of yours, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, maybe I lose <laughs> it when I sing. You never know. Try not to. <laughs> Okay, well, let's uh, go to the news. I know everybody's anxious to learn new stuff about Michael. And let's kick it off with uh, what's going on in France. We just interviewed a couple of authors from France, Bryce and Isabelle Petitjean. And they're actually going to do the MJ Music Day. Correct, Q? That's right. Yeah, on the 18th of November in is it Lille the in the north of France mm, yeah and uh, they gave us a little bit of uh, what, what was going to happen that day in the last episode but I was very impressed with the people they're going to bring they're bringing Brad they Boxer Brad Boxer and Michael Prince wow hello I think that's big pretty amazing have you been to like a sort of MJ music seminar sort of thing before Laura 
there's one in Liverpool and I can't go and I'm gutted. It's like a an MJ event day, but I think I might try and get to Kingvention in September. Oh, if I can nice. Get there. Try. Because yes. that's in London. So I'm going to try and get there. Heard they're always a good day. Yeah, I'm going to really try my best. I think it's the end of September, so I should be back at uni. But if I can get it off, I am there. Nice. But, yeah, that's for this one in uh, in France, Michael Prince and Brad Buxer were, of course, collaborative partners and friends with uh, Michael. And they'll be presenting. It's it's like a really comprehensive day. And if you head over to mjmusicday.com, you'll be able to find all the details you need to know. But um, there's a few options you can choose and the program of the day. I'll just do a quick rundown. There'll be meeting and interviews with authors, meeting and interview with Gareth Maynard, who is pre- presenting an, um, a documentary, which will be uh, subtitled in French. Uh, so it's an English documentary. Uh, then there'll be the meeting and interviews with Brad and Michael. And who knows what you might see in here and that. Uh, and there's like, the possibility to sort of have meet and greets and um, cocktails and dinner with them as well. I'm excited about the preview of King of Sound, uh, the documentary with uh, Bruce Udian, because, you know, we don't see enough of Bruce. So I'm excited to see uh, what they're going to do, uh, how he's going to explain stuff. And hopefully we get to see it uh, in America or, or in Australia as well one day. Yes, hopefully. So the Gareth Maynard documentary is about Bruce Swedean and yeah, it's called The King of Sound. And hello, what wouldn't you want to know from Bruce Swedean who put all of that art together that sucked Laura in while she was on that train journey? (laughs) It definitely did. (laughs) See, there has only ever been one Bruce and there'll never be another Bruce. So... Yeah, so if you are going to be near France, in the north of France, around uh, 18th of November, go go to this, guys. Go to this. Do not miss it. It'll be amazing. And uh, amazing from Bryce, Isabel, and uh, also a friend of the show, Hector Bajot. They're, gonna, they're the ones putting this uh, all together and presenting. So they're all amazing authors and, and hosts. They'll do a, a terrific job. Yes, always the French community making and throwing this amazing event, no? The French community are amazing. They do some great, great stuff. So moving on, uh, Laura, I was going to ask, did you see the concept art that leaked out or someone released on um, Facebook or something from the Who Is It film clip from the Dangerous Era? I think I saw it briefly, but I want to look at it now and react to it live on here. Oh, you love your reactions. I do. Did you retweet it on your Twitter? Possibly, but if you've got that show notes. I'm going to go and find it. Go go have a look on our show notes. There'll be a link there for you. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm going to have a look at it now. Let's have a look. Because I think I saw it briefly, but I deliberately avoided it because I thought I'm going to. Ooh. Tell us about what you're seeing, Laura. So I'm seeing a cartoon MJ. He looks like a superhero and there's pillars in the back. He looks like he might be in ancient Rome. The next one, oh, it's like a plane in the sky mm. and then a helicopter. It looks very intense. I like it, though. I wonder where they were so, going with this. There's no, I don't remember an airplane in the movie. Well, no, I think there was a shot of Michael in an airplane. I don't know oh. if they 
filmed a shot of him outside, but oh, there was a shot of him in some flying thing because it was actually E. Casanova, oh. the impersonator, mm-hmm. in that shot because Michael was not available for filming. So what we're looking at is one, two, three, four, five, about six, about eight, eight sort of pencil sketches which were storyboards and concept art for the Who Is It film. And I have to say, I don't think I can ever get enough of seeing MJ in like a animated form, like a cartoon <laughs> MJ. He just translates so well to drawing. And I think there should be comic books and cartoons of animated Michael. Oh, There'd be 100%. so many. He looks like an absolute superhero. He does. There'd be so many awesome stories that we could tell with like an animated Mm. Michael. So we will have a link to this in the show notes. So if you head over to themjcast.com, this is episode 60 and go down the show notes and you will find a link for this. But there's some beautiful sketches here of um, the Who Is It video. That was one of your favorite videos as well, wasn't it, Jason? Who is it? Yeah, one of my favorite songs. I really like the, you know, the darkness, the mystery of it. And obviously this concept art it lets you know that they were going in that direction as well. And plus, you know, when you watch the video, that's definitely what they wanted to portray. Some mysterious vibe going on. Actually, that's one of the last videos I've ever seen of Michael. I didn't even know it existed until I got the short film DVD. And uh, it, it really surprised me. I was not expecting to see MJ in that environment. But... <laughs> It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a great vibe to that that film. And Michael looks great in a suit. Yes, he does. He should have worn a suit more often. <laughs> he did in some photo I, shoots. He did in photo shoots. And I do remember, and I cannot find really evidence of this anywhere on the internet or pictures or anything. Back in the 2000s, I'm pretty sure it was the 2000s, there was a suit company in japan that was launching like a michael jackson inspired line of suits and i don't know if it ever happened or if it did whatever happened to the the line of suits but i don't think i ever saw photos of what the suits sort of would look like but how amazing would that be to rock up to an interview or something and you're wearing a cool michael jackson business suit i'd even wear one i can imagine you're yeah. tall, so you, you you could you could totally pull that off. I am tall. I would from behind they'd be like, Who's that strapping gentleman? Oh, it's a woman. It's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone out there has any pictures of this if that ever happened back in the early two thousands of the Michael Jackson suit line from Japan, hit us up because I've always wondered whatever happened with that. Okay, moving on to the next news story. A Michael Jackson themed Egyptian movie called Shake Jackson is on the way. Did you have a chance to catch up on this, guys? Yeah, it seems like such a bizarre thing for a film, but I'm also very excited for it. But it's just two things I would never put together, you know what I mean? Yeah, so um, Media Luna has acquired the rights to an Egyptian movie. Sheikh Jackson, which centers on an Islamic cleric who revisits his teenage obsession with Michael Jackson. Wow. Um, It's set in 2009 uh, when news of Michael's passing causes um, this cleric to undergo an identity crisis. 
it is a, a radical Islamist guy that Ooh. he has this conflict of interest, you know, with going for the religion or following Michael's music and message. So that's why it's kind of interesting how they develop that. I want to see that. Me too. That's one of those bizarre, but uh, it looks sick. I want to see it. What, what did you like about oh. the trailer? Um, It's serious. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, so... Just watch the trailer for Shake Jackson, and thanks for finding that, Jason. And I really want to see that. That looks really cool. Uh, something really serious. This this Iman that loved Michael back when he was um, a teenager, and then uh, his father was very dead against it, which I'm sure a lot of us can probably relate to parents not being that thrilled that we were huge Michael Jackson fans. Uh, and later in life he's obviously dealing with some pretty dark stuff and then the passing of michael looks like it um sort of comes back and and affects him in a positive way yeah laura i heard you laughing while you're watching the trailer at some parts (laughs) well it's just because it was a bizarre visual like i I think what was the bit i laughed at yeah because the beginning of it you just see um you know, a lot of sort of Islamic uh, imagery. And then suddenly you see this man dressed as Michael Jackson walking into a mosque as they're all praying. And it's just a a sight I never thought I'd see. But it looks very interesting, really interesting. And I'm I love film and like that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm really interested in seeing that. Thank you for introducing me to that. How exciting. Yeah. Jason, any fresh thoughts on the trailer? No, yeah, as I said, I think it's interesting, as as Laura is saying, it's something you would never think of. But it's really not so rare since, you know, Michael was involved with people like the the Nation of Islam as as his bodyguards back in 2005. He, the first thing he did when, when after the trial, he, he left to Bahrain and there's reports he was wearing the, the clothing, what they use over there. Uh, so he's wearing the scarf and all this stuff. He would dress up like that. So uh, it's not really that that far away from stuff Michael did himself. You know, he's, he spent some time in, over there. And I think it, it puts it into perspective, the things that we've read on in books about Michael being there. And now we can kind of see and merge them in, in a film. And I think it's important to give it a visual to stuff that we never got to see. Only pictures. I think, maybe. yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see the story of this this director i think it's maybe i don't know how close to home the story is he said it was quite personal um but it'll be interesting to see this story which seems quite dark but it has this element of michael in it and how it affects his faith and his life it looks really interesting guys so i'd be giving this a a really good chance so, yeah, it sounds very interesting and it's very cool. And I love how it's this, like what you were saying, Laura, it's like two things that you just wouldn't expect. And mm. it's coming together like such different cultural things. Yeah, well, that just, that just proves how much he transcends everything. And you can put Michael Jackson on a, on a cover of a film and everyone will know exactly who you're talking about and everyone will want to go see it. And that just proves his impact. Does it sound like something you might want to... Go and see Jason or find it on the internet when it comes out? Well, I don't know. It is weird. And <laughs> I cannot imagine. I have no clue what they're going to do with this. 
but I'm, it's actually interesting to see uh, what they're going to come up with. I'm always interested in new stuff. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, show it to me. I like to watch it. So the director says it's a truly personal film and I don't see myself doing another film where I can be that exposed and vulnerable telling a deeply personal story, a story that can be a wake-up call and an insightful look into the lives of the other. Um, so there's... a it's produced by Mohammed Hefsi of Film Clinic and the Egyptian production powerhouse, which is behind such films as Uncertain Regard, uh, 2016 opener Clash by Mohammed Daib and Ali the Goat and Ibrahim by Sharif El Bindari. Um, so it's like a it's a very reputable Egyptian film company. Um, so yeah, I think this this could be something that's very interesting. I love the the poster on the the news article that we're sort of getting this from over at MJ Vibe. Um, it's got a picture of this cleric in his sort of white cleric gown doing a toe stand in looks like sandals. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Which that is hilarious. Must be hard to do. Uh, yes, that would be very hard to do. You can't do a toe stand in thongs. All right, well, or flip flops. I forgot you call them thongs. You, what do you call them in England? Is it flip flops as well? Flip flops. Yeah, I love flip flops. They're guaraches. What do you Mexico. call a French man? What do you call a French man wearing sandals? Philippe Philop. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's the Laura Comedy Hour. But <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, there you go. There you go. And it'll be in the show notes for people to go ahead and watch and let us know what you guys think. Yeah, indeed. Can you dig it? Well, you got it. That's our smash hit ABC for Alphabet. We're the Jackson 5. ABC has won the hit records to get free on Alphabet and salted rice crinkles. There are five different Jackson 5 records, one on each specially marked box of post Alphabet and frosted rice crinkles. Get them and bring home the Jackson 5! Hi, this is Damien Shields, author of Escape Origins, the songs and stories that Michael Jackson left behind, and you're listening to the MJ cast. What's up next there, Mr. Jason? Uh, what's next? Um, Prince Jackson, uh, he went to the Billboards at the 2017 edition of the Billboard Music Awards, and he presented Drake with uh, the Top Artist Award. Did he say anything? Did I think he gave a little sort of speech? He said that um, he said he's happy to be uh, sort of like at the awards that meant so much to his father. I think he said something along those lines. He did. That's right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Great. And he was. I think he was wearing a necklace that night mm. that oh, yeah. came from Michael as well. Pretty sure. Prince is all grown up. He's turned into a handsome young man. Oh, bless him. He's my age. And he's up there on the Billboard Music Awards and I'm down here getting fatter and fatter in England. What's going on here? Well, you've got to become a tree. <laughs> I've got to become a tree. Now, I, I think he's, he's doing like so well. Both of them are, both Prince and Paris. And I think they're, they're such a credit to him. And I just think he's he looks like a smart, polite young lad, you know. He sure does. He He's always come across as very intelligent and switched on, mm. which I think says a lot about the way he was brought up. So the next thing is a little bit of footage that has come out from Shana Manjgatal, 
I probably said that wrong again, but that's fine. So um, there was a bit of footage because, of course, she was an extra in the Ghosts film. She has this piece of footage. I don't know how she has all this footage that she's been releasing in dribs and drabs, but she's got a story about it. So, of course, just take it with a grain of salt like all her other stories maybe. And it was Michael sort of really getting really into a scene. So I guess you would have probably really liked this bit being um, studying acting and everything, Laura. Yeah, no, I, I was stunned by it. He's like, if the story that she's attached to it is true, then I can see, definitely see the emotion through it because she mentioned that it was to, uh, to the day he found out about the Chandler child abuse allegations. And so that was fueling all his anger and sadness. But if that's not true, then he's a damn good actor anyway. But he's clearly, if it is true, he's channeling those emotions in a way that's stunning to watch. Jason, what did you think? You know what you can do for me? Kiss right here. Kiss right here. You're a swan. You're a goddamn pig. Go to hell. Every last one of you pigs. (laughs) Is this scary? Ah! Ah! Damn, they pissed him off. And (laughs) I'm very impressed. She said it was uh, everything. It was improvised, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a section in the ghost video that I I complained about. I don't know if it was with you guys or in the Espanol version of this show. Uh, when Michael tells people, hello, you know, in, in a section. And I said, yep. well, I think that I didn't like that. I think he was pretty mean and I don't like to see him like that. And uh, uh, it turns out that a lot of people loved when he did that section. I did not like it. And and then watching this video reminded me of that section. This is even worse. So <laughs> I don't think I would have liked to see this in the video. He's very it's mean. Not, it's Yeah, he's sort of really angry he's when really, he's yeah. sort of <laughs> reacting to what people are calling him, I don't saying like to, to see, him. I don't like to see Michael like that. You know, he's more sweet. That's the concept I have of him. But it does represent what he was going through, though. And at moments, you could say, you, you may think that this is the way he actually reacted to things in private. Maybe he just went home and he screamed like that and, and cried uh, after everything he went through. So it's possible that he got some of that out of it in this, in this video. But uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really let loose. Whether the story behind it's true or not, or if he was like channeling something just like to act out this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really got into it. And, you know, even sort of a sort of accent started coming through. I don't know if that was sort of like the, you know, Indiana, Gary, Indiana coming out or what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can take the boy out of Gary, but can't take the Gary out of the boy. Who knows? <laughs> and Shanna, well, she was a little more than an extra, according to her account. She was a uh, well, one. Yes. She got some soap at Neverland. Yeah, well, she she tells some stories in her book. Very yes, very very heavy stuff. Fifty Shades of Grey is kind of short. <laughs> she went all out. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe Michael's not the only good actor in this story. Oh, cute. Jeez. Well, there you go. But head over to the show notes and check out this video. It's uh, interesting regardless of where where it's from. It's very cool to see Michael act like this. And uh, Laura, maybe you'll be um, pulling sort of some acting like this in your in your classes. Oh, hopefully. When we stop learning how to be trees, we might move on to, you know, the intense <laughs> stuff. But, yeah, I'll look forward to it. All right, so in the news next, we've got some Janet Jackson news. And are you are you a fan of Janet as well, Laura? 
I love Janet. I think she's incredible. So I'm very excited about this. Or, or do you want to tell us about it? Well, apparently she's uh, going to do um, a Netflix special, which is going to address a divorce, motherhood and all sort of areas of her life. And I will definitely be watching because I'm a Netflix addict already. And if it involves me a bit of Janet, I'm in there. And I think she's very brave to go all candid and address, you know, things. Because she's quite, quite private, relatively. Um but, yeah, I think she's had quite a life, and I'm excited to hear all about it. Not so private with Netflix, apparently. Mm. <laughs> for for a, apparently a 10-part TV sort of special. That's a lot. So that's a lot. That's that's not mm. private. That's 10, 10 episodes of <laughs> sharing true. a lot of stuff. I guess she can be in control of it, though. You know what I mean? Like, it means she gets to give people an insight into her life, but... It can be what she wants people to know, you know what I mean? Rather than uh, like press reporting whatever they want and making up lies and rumours, she can just say, this is my life, this is how it happens, and she can be in control of what's put out, which is good. Very good point. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's good. That's good. And Netflix is pretty quality. I'll be Mm. watching. Do you guys have Netflix? Me too. We do have Netflix in Australia. Awesome. Thank God. (laughs) I think we only got it like It's all I do. Two years ago, I think, is when we got it here, oh. I think. Mm. Fairly recently. Well, hopefully, it's available yeah. all over the place. Sometimes they only put it in several countries. and So we'll see how they uh, mm. distribute it. Yes, it would be not fair if it was only in the US or something. But if, if not, no, then. I will be watching. Be adding that to my to-view list for sure. So was were you a Janet fan first and then Michael? Or was Michael your gateway to Janet, Laura? Oh, Michael was definitely the gateway to Janet, but uh, I think it was after I saw Scream, and I was like, who is this? She's incredible, and I absolutely adore her. I think she's incredible. I once tried to learn the whole Rhythm Nation dance. I don't quite have the same the same abilities as Janet I've learned. Wasn't quite the same. Is that a video we can go watch on your channel? Uh, no, it's uh, it was actually quite a private moment because I thought the world does not need to see this dance routine <laughs> that I couldn't do. Damn. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day. Excellent. But yeah, I think... Uh, this sounds promising and yeah, for sure. I'll be interested in seeing it. And apparently it's going to be covering um, recording studio stuff as well. So there has been talk of, you know, new music coming with the the relaunch of the tour, the state of the world tour. Um, So if she is actually back in the studio, putting some new tracks down, it would be very awesome to see how Janet makes music. Yeah. That's interesting. Speaking of family members of Michael uh, Jackson making music, uh, his uh, his nephew Austin Brown has uh, been working on music and a new track, Smile. And confusingly, it's produced by Eddie Cassio of Angelixon Studios. Mm. And this just confuses me. Like like any family, there's different opinions and views points on things and stuff but i don't know how this works like how does this work we sort of know what happened with eddie cassio and the cassio tracks what happens when family members go and work with him and are friends with him i'm I'm confused yeah there's no explanation uh, for this and the only explanation i could get is uh, the family is not that tight and some of them just go their way and they don't talk to each other so 
Everybody does whatever they. Hmm. I don't know. Laura. Yeah, I'm just I'm confused as well because it, with something so public and with a huge gaggle of fans that are going to be angry with you, why would you put out a public release with someone that you've got that tie on you know negative ties with? I'm confused as well. Yeah. So there you go. That's 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 my story. I haven't really got much more to add to it. I I haven't mm. heard the song. But yeah, I don't know. This just to show that there's stuff in the family that is confusing and counter to what other people sort of uh believe in. So who knows? Have the song been released? I think the single has been released. Well. And I know that um he Austin he does some acoustic shows and we've seen video we um I think spoke about some of the acoustic shows in last season or was it early this season and like he's he's a good singer the guy's a good singer so he puts on a good show yeah this whole producer thing though with Eddie is just very confusing yeah what's up next mr jason um, there's an iconic Michael Jackson film from a photo session that um, was shot back in the late 80s, I guess, where he was with the Jackson 5 for uh, one of the album uh, covers. I don't remember which one. And uh, It was, um, I think, the, the first album cover that the Jacksons released as the Jacksons after they'd left Motown. So back in 1976. Oh, wow. Yeah, and this is film, which is something that is interesting. It's not just regular, you know, video with VHS or whatever, but it's actual film, 35 millimeter stuff. And he has this, this, this is a, uh, a photographer. He was uh, very famous back in the day. He still is. Uh, Norman Seif, his name is Norman Seif. There's two films that he has from photo shoots. The 1976 one, which was J Jackson's stuff for the Jackson's album. Uh, and then Dinah Ross, I think is the one you're thinking of. And it's a photo shoot with Dinah Ross and Michael. And that one's from 1982. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he was very famous. He did all these photo shots for big artists. Obviously, and then Jackson 5 uh, knew about him. And then they went to get a photo session with him. And he used to record. That's what he started recording his sessions. He has very famous one with Ray Charles and he has another one with one of the dancers that Michael admired and they're very short the the sessions but they're valuable as uh, you know many people think this material could be but everything he has is not developed everything he has is in a big big vault and it's undeveloped it's there and he says he don't have the money to develop it and he says he needs five hundred thousand dollars to develop everything well we don't need five hundred thousand dollars we just need the one reel with Michael. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's just do that one, not the others. Uh, he said that Michael was having a lot of fun with, in, on the shoot with Diana Ross. On the one with the Jackson, he said he was a little more shy. So he didn't really speak much or do much. Um, but with the Diana Ross, he was like right there in his element and having fun. And uh, we, we already seen some of the pictures, right, for that photo shoot? Yes, I think so. They're hugging and just having fun, so. I would like to see that one. I think, uh, what's it like um, for yourself, Laura, when we finally do get to see sort of really old footage of Michael from back when he was like a teenager in early 20s? I think it's absolutely fascinating. I, I love seeing him talk and just seeing the genius behind his eyes. I love it. So if this can come to light, I will 
put in a few pounds if there's a crowdfundraiser thing on the internet because I want to see this. So, yeah. but yeah, just the, I'm just really interested in the Michael one. So just just that will be. <laughs> I'd be interested in seeing both. Like if it was early sort of Jackson's era stuff, there's not a lot of that out there. So anything I could see on that would be very cool as they sort of mm. came into their own uh, after Motown and they all look so gorgeous and young back then in the <laughs> 70s. They're so cute. So cute. And, and the flared red, trousers. Those trousers. And the, they the, need the, to be seen. The jumpsuits in the 70s. And, God, they had some crazy costumes in the 70s. Oh, they did. <laughs> so who knows? Hopefully this um, these films by Norman Seif can be released at some point. I think they'd be amazing to see. And, yeah, I think any chance we get to see sort of Michael sort of behind the scenes uh, just gives us that extra little sort of reference that we can sort of make. Oh, my God, I've turned into Jamin. I'm not saying special a million times. I'm saying sort of. (laughs) My God. (laughs) But, you know, if we get to see this other side of Michael, I think that's always an amazing thing. Who knows? $500,000. It's a lot of money. Well, yeah, but that's for everything he has. He shot everybody, every all the famous people who came to him. So he has yeah. a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, let's just raise enough to get the Jackson stuff out. <laughs> well, that's another thing. He doesn't have a crowdfunding page, so I don't know where he's expecting to get this money. Maybe. Well, he's not going to get it from the estate, that's for sure. <laughs> no, not at all. And, uh, well, we can put the note on the notes some of the other uh, photo shoots he did, the one with Ray Charles. Uh, we can add it so people have an idea of what the photo shoot film with Michael could look like. Sounds like a very good idea. Head to the show notes. Um, so a new story quite close to home for me is I'm sure you're aware in England where I am in London, which is only about two hours away from where I live, uh, a, t- a block of flats called Grenfell Tower was engulfed in flames and many people lost their lives as well as their homes. It's awful, awful tragedy. It's been on the news every day over here. It's just still such an injustice and all that. Horrific. A Michael Jackson fan, absolutely horrific. It's com- And it, we, we, yeah, it, I have no words, as you can see. And I'm, it's very rare that I'm speechless, but this left me pretty speechless um but a michael jackson fan was one of the ones who unfortunately lost their homes and everything um in the fire uh which is you know just as sad as anyone else losing their um home and livelihood but uh we've had a really good sort of response to it here we're doing the british thing (laughs) the, the attitude of we help people and we carry on and there's been lots of donations and whether it's money or things and everyone's really stepped up to help uh, the victims and the victims' families. And we've even got there's a single out at the minute as well with all lots of artists, very similar to the sort of We Are The World type um, cut, like set I hadn't heard about artists. that. That's, that's Have really you not? Cool. No. Yeah, oh, it's, wow. it's called Artists for Grenfell, and it's very similar. It's like I said, the We Are the World, lots of different ones. And it's um, like a bridge over troubled water. It's that one, and they're all and they're all singing together, and it's great, and it's raised loads of money for the victims. So it's it's although it's a tragedy, I think the response to it has been quite inspiring. It has been. When I know that, like, over here we were just – 
horrified by what we were seeing. And like I mentioned before recording, I saw a tweet just recently and I, I was like, this is just awful if it was true that there are still possibly hundreds of people unaccounted for. Um, and I hope, dear God, I hope that's not accurate at all, but oh God, if it is. But yeah, there was um, these these two, this couple, Jules and Lee, they were so lucky that they uh, survived. They weren't there at the time when the, the tower went up in flames, but they, they lost their home, which I think they'd only moved into a few months ago uh, as a couple. And yeah, sadly they lost everything, but Lee Stewart, uh, he's 29 and he's a huge Michael Jackson fan. And of course, like he lost his whole collection. Um, I was talking to Jules, his partner actually during the week and he actually told me um, the MJ estate, and this is good news. So I'm actually happy to be sharing some good news from something that the MJ estate did, but they kindly offered to help replenish Lee's collection, Michael collection of vinyls, CDs and DVDs. And they sent a pretty spectacular gift basket over for Lee. Uh, and it was yeah pretty amazing. And I'll put some photos in the show notes so you can see. And Jules, Lee's partner, is on Instagram. I'm not sure if Lee is on Instagram, actually. I'll have to check that. But, yes, yeah, so that was really amazing that the estate wanted to help lift um, their spirits during this time and sent over, yeah, it's got, you know, everything, all the CDs, the vision set. And and that was that was pretty cool of the estate, I thought. Oh, yeah, very nice of them to do that. Um, just like yeah that's a little some little bit of sunshine in what will be a horrible few months for them I'm sure um, he was saying that like you were mentioning the the spirit from this tragedy has been inspirational like the the support from the community has been mm. amazing and we, we have actually seen that on the news over here mm. and it's very inspirational to see and just the English can always be proud of how they react in these times of horrific tragedy, which sadly there's been far too many in England in the last couple of weeks and months. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely making us develop a resilience. And that's for sure. It sure is. Um, I also wanted just to point out, there is a few pages that are doing fundraising. Uh, There's a just giving page, which a friend of the couple uh, set up to help replace clothes, furniture, and possessions. So that will be linked in the show notes and in the article that we are reading from MJ Vibe. Uh, also, the Kensington and Chelsea Foundation are raising funds, and you can donate clothing, bedding, toiletries to help points around the local area. Uh, so please, if if you're able to, this you know help out a community that. I cannot imagine the suffering that this community is going through. Yeah, true, very true. So we're going to head to a music break now just to help uh, lift our spirits a little bit. And it's something that I'd been saying for a while about you, Laura. It's I Want You Back. (laughs) Good one. Good one, gotcha. So this is (laughs) I Want You Back. It's the Accents Bring the Sun remix. Take it away. Oh, 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 oh,
This is Tito Jackson, and it's Tito time. Thanks for listening to the MJ cast. All right. Well, thanks for that pick, Q. That's a great song. Great remix, as always. And, um, well, we have some more news. I'm going to give you a news that I've been waiting for for a while. And this has been a rumor. It's been around for a while, even though I don't know why they try to keep it secret. With kind of everybody knows what's going on. But Thriller. Thriller is going to be released this summer in the United States as a 3D movie in, in movie theaters. So I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm going crazy about it. I've been dreaming about it. It's just something I really, really want to go see. And not only that, but they're going to expand it. I don't know. I think they're going to do a bit behind scenes. I hope they merge it with ghosts. I hope, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of stuff. I don't know. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Yes, finally, some not concrete details, but a little bit more details about Thriller 3D, which is being released in the US summer. Okay, first up, I want to say, isn't it summer over there now, Jason? It is. It's right now. It should be uh, three more months of summer, So, but I haven't seen any promotion, so I don't know what they're going to do. So would is Halloween in summer over there? Is October summer still? No, it's not. Okay, so what the fuck? I don't know. Why would they not? I think re- they released it on Halloween. Surely, if they're going to release a 3D thriller, why would you not release it around Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. What are I they mean- doing? Maybe they they expected it by summer, but it wasn't ready, and now they're going to push it. And if they push it to Halloween, that'll be perfect. Yeah. Let's hope they push it to Halloween. So that is that your fall season Halloween? Yeah. Is it? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. So. I'm just confused. Again, I'm not surprised that they can't get something this simple correct that they would release Thriller 3D at Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> hello, people. It's like the most obvious thing in the history ever. But, yes, I am excited for this. I don't want to get my hopes up because, I don't know, one or two things in the past have sort of let me down from the estate. Um, but Thriller 3D sounds amazing. Um, there's reports that, even Prince and Paris have had some involvement. Details are still under wraps, but hopefully that's a good sign of what might come. But they're also talking about a documentary coming out, so it'll be like a double feature. But I don't know what the documentary will be. It's in the article it made me think that the documentary is about the making of this 3D film. I don't want to see the making of this 3D film. I want to see the making of Thriller documentary that came out in the 80s on VHS. That's what I want to see. Or even more stuff about Michael around the Thriller era. Yeah. Well, there is a rumor also uh, about a different ending for the Thriller video. I don't know if they're going to include it here or or if they're going to just keep it original. But it'll be interesting maybe to put that in the documentary that they're going to do. I I don't know. Maybe they talk about it and and show us these images. But, yeah, I mean, I want to watch it now. I don't care for Halloween, but (laughs) I want to watch it already. But I I would understand, and it would be logical to put it on Halloween and and do all the marketing for it. But I just want to watch it. Can't wait. What do you hope for this project, Laura? I hope it comes to the UK because the US get everything and... I want to go see it and I would drag all my friends along and I would go dressed up and I want it to happen very badly. It would be really cool to like all your MJ mates go to the movies, especially if it It'd was be Halloween. Such an event. 
Yeah, yeah, it would. They do so well with it. I don't know why they have not done it sooner. It'd be so even people who aren't massive Michael Jackson fans, if they if they thought, right, there's this big thrill in 3D at the cinema and everyone's gonna dress up as Michael, that'd be amazing. That'd be such a fun night. Yeah. It would be very, very cool. I usually don't do anything for Halloween, but I would I would love to uh, I I would think this is gonna be a very special Halloween for me and I would remember it forever. <laughs> if this indeed happens like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I hope they push it back to Halloween. I don't understand why they're saying this could be a summer thing. It makes zero sense. Yes, it'd be great to have it out sooner rather than later, but the whole synergy of Michael and Halloween, like we should actually fully rename Halloween as Thriller Night. It's Michael's holiday, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm excited to see it in HD. They say they clean up the, the film, so... Uh, 3D and uh, more than 3D I'm excited for the HD version I, I just can't wait to see those letters finally look clear and crisp instead of shaking at the beginning of the video <laughs> that's all I want one HD Absolutely. quality yes that's, that's what I would be excited to see if they've cleaned it up and made it into something really cool um, so apparently John Landis has taken the original footage cleaned it up and made it into something very unique I hope that's a good thing. Yep. I hope that's a good thing. So because Michael had been working on, you know, wanting to make Thriller into a 3D film before he passed away, he did it to a certain degree uh, with the the Thriller portion of This Is It, filming uh, extra stuff that they put together to build the, um, the introduction of the Thriller segment. And that was actually really well done, which I loved the little Disney touches that he snuck into that. So, yeah, let's hope that with John Landis involved in this, he's apparently been reworking the 14-minute um, music video for like three years. So let's hope that since he is involved, that this is something awesome that we can all celebrate. So very recently, it was the Glastonbury Festival here in England, and the Jacksons did a set and they apparently, I wasn't there, but I've seen a few videos, rocked it. They did all the classics. They did, you know, Shake Your Boy Down to the Ground, I'll Be There. And they actually, it was, they performed on the on the 24th of June. And by the time they'd finished their set, it rolled over onto midnight. So it was the 25th. And so they dedicated Gone Too Soon to Michael, which was a very poignant moment. I think I saw that. I think they might have also mentioned the uh, Grenfell Tower people that were affected and lost as well which was really sweet yeah it was a really nice nice touch of, of Jermaine to do because that would have been on a lot of people's minds as well um I think that's that they're all very sensitive and polite men which is what I like they are very polite gentlemen absolutely um the review from the show which we'll put in the show note was amazing we have not found a video that has been able to stay online from the performance there are a few clips I saw the Gone Too Soon from Jermaine and I saw Tito rolled out. Your friend Tito, Laura, your friend Tito. <laughs> My best mate. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he pulled it. out. He did. He rocked out some of his solo stuff as well, which is, I think, a really awesome moment for Tito. Uh, this, you know, after he's just released his first uh, solo album that he got to see some of the material on stage at Glastonbury. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a dream come true for anyone, even if you are a Jackson, you know, to 
do your solo stuff on the stage at Glastonbury. And bearing in mind, they were performing at the same time as the Foo Fighters, but they managed to draw quite a crowd. So fair play to a man, fair play. Quite a crowd and entertained them very much. They, Their Motown training is still there. They certainly aren't as young as they used to be, but they an hour and 15 was their set and they apparently rocked it. I can imagine. I wish I was there. That would have been cool. They are touring a lot of the UK. Are they coming anywhere near you? They've got a lot of dates. <sighs> they might be. I actually had I had a friend who, who toured with them. Uh, he was their sort of support act, um, and he said they were great guys, and I was just burning with jealousy. But I shall look into it, but I'm poor, so it's whether I can afford a ticket is the biggest question. <laughs> oh, I forget. You're not the famous actress yet. You're just a student still. <laughs> I'm a poor student. <laughs> a poor student eating $2 noodles. Oh, really? Exactly. Yeah, that might be connected. Bad. I get then. money and I spend it. Yeah, might be. It might shopping. be, actually. <laughs> shopping and poor that could could be some sort of influence there yeah uh, someone needs to tie my hands behind my back otherwise i'll keep online shopping <laughs> well i keep i've been waiting for them to come to houston definitely i'm waiting for that date to pop up in the tour dates uh i'll be there as soon as they come over so i'm waiting and london people are lucky um, but Houston people are not so lucky. This uh, kind of review just make me want to watch it more. But uh, oh, so sad. I know um, they performed in Montreal. I think it was. Let me remember. Um, yeah, I've got a terrible memory. I think it was far. Montreal in Canada. Uh, and some of our listeners, Lynn and Barbara, they got to go and actually met uh, at the Montreal show. They had seen the Jacksons back in the Victory era. And they got to see them again, and they said it was an amazing show. Yeah, so hopefully they come back to the US and North America and do a lot more dates there. And then after that, hopefully they come to Australia because yeah. it would be great to see them again. Yeah, keep waiting. That's all but we have from, to do. Yep, fingers crossed for Janet's tour and the Jacksons tour in late, hopefully late because I'm busy early in the year. So late 2018 would be perfect. That would be cool. All right. We've only got a couple of items left in the news topic before we head to the main discussion topic. So we'll get through these fairly quickly. Uh, Michael's nephew, TJ Jackson, and his wife of now 10 years, Frances, they have just launched Family Rules. It's a platform with blogs, posts, and Q&A videos, and it's all about marriage, children, and family now, I only added this new story recently. Did you guys get a chance to see this yet? I'm looking through it. Uh, it barely new. I don't think they have posted any blogs just yet. Yeah, they only just, well, at the re- date of recording today, they only just launched it yesterday. Ah. So it's a very fresh. Yeah, well, mm. they have it there as a, uh, on their contact information uh, about us. This is TJ, founder and CEO. And uh, that's kind of weird. What would you call yourself a CEO of a website? But I guess <laughs> I think that's nice. Something I don't see they're selling anything. So. No, I don't think they're selling stuff. It's like an advice site from what I can sort of picture. Yeah, there's a little video there where they're launching the presenting the the blog, uh, thefamilyrules.com. I thought it was with the name. I thought it was going to be like a set of rules 
but I think they more mean like family so cool, you know, that rules. Yes. So I think that's it too. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it sounded like a game show. Yeah. But okay, it works. And he says, um, the goals of the family rules are simple. We want to make uh, your family better by sharing advice, tips, articles, stories, and anything else that will make our families healthier and stronger. It is something we've been wanting and planning to do for over a year now, and we are really excited to finally launch it. With that said, fasten your seatbelts as we unleash the family rules during our 10th year of marriage. Let's do this. Hashtag family rules. That's what Aww, I Oh, that sounds cute. Yeah, very nice. I'll listen to anything you say, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> he has got a lovely smile, hasn't he? I trust that smile. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, he the, does. The kids he are knows. adorable as well. Look at those kids. So I know. Cute. They have a gorgeous family. So, yeah, they've had plenty of experience with kids and they want to help people as well, which is awesome. It's yeah. that Jackson that Jackson trait of helping wherever they can. Yeah, they got a Twitter account already, a Vimeo account, Facebook, and an Instagram account. And I guess you can find all of them under the family rules or something like that. Yeah, start following. Thanks. All right, our last news story of today is Paris Jackson has appeared in a video clip for a band. Now, I think you, the band is it's double X with an apostrophe S. I haven't heard of them before. I think it's a band of three. I have to say the female vocalist has an incredible voice in this song. The song is I Dare You, and Paris stars as one of the characters in this film and the other main sort of actress that you might know is Millie Bobby Brown who starred in Netflix series Stranger Things. Have you seen Stranger Things, Laura? I haven't. I feel like I'm one of the very few people that haven't and I feel like I I haven't watched Game of Thrones either. I need to get on the planet. It's ridiculous. But I saw this music video and I loved it i love the song paris kills it i love paris jackson i think she's great she's beautiful and she's doing really well she's going out and she's doing acting and i think she's got she's got some real potential and i think she's going to do really well in the acting field she's got big things on the horizon that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah 100%. it's, it's a she's nice got video a, yeah she's got a natural thing about her that's quite hard to find and she's does really well on on screen and you want to watch her and you want to uh, you want to engage with her i think she's i think she's gonna do great yeah i like this video it, it kind of looks like they did a retro kind of feel to it it's made on film i don't think it's made on digital it looks like film oh yeah Unless... that's a good point it did look like film actually it did not look digital no so either they used to filter or they actually use film whichever way it's pretty cool it looks nice and uh, it, it does have this 80s kind of feel to it with the color saturation. It's kind of good. I like that. I like that cinematography done pretty well. The other, um, the young girl in this, um, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things, she's a phenomenal actress. Try and get into Stranger Things when you get a chance, Laura. It's a lot uh, shorter than Game of Thrones, that's for sure. I only recently watched it myself, so you weren't the last person, so don't worry. But Millie right. Bobby Brown's an amazing actress, and I know that both of them work uh, contracted with Calvin Klein, and Calvin Klein helped put this video together as well. And you do see Paris wearing some Calvin Klein clothing in it. 
But yeah, I think Millie Bobby Brown is an amazing actress and hopefully, you know, her and Paris can be friends, which uh, we've mentioned before in the past, they were hanging out together. So hopefully they can go and accomplish great things. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll watch it. I shall watch Stranger Things for you, Q. I'll do it. Well, you let me know what you think. I shall. It's a little bit scary. Oh, is it? Well, yeah, I little, need a just pillow a to hide bit. behind. Yes. Okay. And a big, hunky, six-foot-five Australian to cuddle with while I'm watching it. I don't know any of those. Oh, damn. All yeah. right. <laughs> That's the news. That's the news, guys. Nice. Thanks. Woo-hoo! Great. We got through it. We made it. We're going to get to some discussion topic about searching for Neverland soon, but how about another music break? I think, Laura, is this song about you? Oh, you sweet talker, Q. (laughs) This is the Reflex Revision PYT remix. Repeat after me.
Hey, this is Taj Jackson of 3T, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. All right, everybody dancing. Lara's dancing. He's dancing from that song, amazing song, PYT, one of the favorites. So let's get going. Let's get going. Now we're going to speak about the main topic of this episode, the review, our review for Searching for Neverland. Is it a review or is it just us talking about it? I don't know. I think we're just going to talk it's about a, it. It's, it's a bit of both. It's going to be a little bit of review. I know that a lot of people have been very interested in what we thought about the the TV film. All right. Well, prepare for the worst because it's coming. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it was a good movie. I can't, I can't say too much. But the bad things about the movie that I have to mention are not really that bad. It's just technical stuff, very little here and there. But... I in overall I like the movie. What do you guys okay. think? Okay. Well, what I might do first and just so I'll go do this first and then you guys can talk about the film so you don't get sick of hearing my voice for the entire show. I'm going to if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to read out some feedback from directly from our listeners. So when the film aired, we put out a Facebook and a few tweets to sort of say uh, and just so listeners could react to the film themselves. So I'll try and pick out a couple that sort of cover maybe things that we might not mention. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are going to say. I don't know what you really all thought about it. So what I'll do is quickly read out a few things. So there's a Facebook one um, from Suzanne Plasmans. Um, Hi, Q. To be honest, I was already done when I heard Navi talk. I realized a voice can't sound exactly like Michael's, but to hear what's supposed to be Michael speak with a British accent was just too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) How can someone call himself the number one impersonator when he doesn't even make the effort or at least to try and sound like Michael? Not to mention his physique doesn't even come close to Michael's. Not one second did I feel like I was watching Michael. Another thing... (laughs) Another thing that bothered me was this. In the movie, I heard Navi call Elizabeth Taylor Liz. While we all know Michael never called her that, uh, that since she hated it, there's so many inconsistencies and things that bother me. All in all, I feel it was very badly done, and it makes Michael look like an unstable freak. Sorry. So, oh, actually, she makes a, <laughs> oh, wow. she makes a good point here. I think, in my opinion, the majority of MJ fans that are positive about this movie are the ones from the UK that visit Navi's shows and have met him. So they feel some sort of personal connection (laughs) with him. Not trying to. Very interesting point. Very, and we'll cover that later. Not trying to offend anyone, just stating my opinion. Thank you, Suzanne. Um, I've got a few more because I want to make sure we cover all points of view here on today's show. This one's from listener Cuba Konyuzewski. I know it's impossible to look like MJ, but you can at least try to sound like him. Navi's voice was the biggest turnoff for me, and also the dialogue seems unnatural in a lot of places. Another everlasting problem with the MJ movies is we can't really know if these events and conventions really took place like the one in which MJ says he's not that kid anymore or that embarrassing scene in the elevator when he's talking about having money from AEG and Bill just kind of nods to everything and says, 
like it was a little kid telling this to him. But strangely, I liked some stuff in it. I think the actors who played the bodyguards did a great job. There were some cheesy moments like this when Joseph and Ramon came into frame and there's that weird jazz music playing. (laughs) That one had me laughing. So that was some of the feedback from Kuba. A few others we had over on Twitter, uh, Kathy Cassover on Twitter. I thought it was really good. I wanted to cry afterwards because of all the pain he had to deal with. Hassa, who's from Australia, the accent was way off through changing from American to British to Asian to who knows what else. But I enjoyed it for what it is mm-hmm. in a trashy lifetime way. Plus, because I love the book, he enjoyed it more. He even cried at the end in the bar scene. Okay. MJJ Ireland over on Twitter said it was very sad and it felt like Michael Jackson was alone, trapped in fame. He could not do what he wanted. I had a couple of others. There was Barbara Leckman over in Canada. Navi did a good job regardless. His dancing seemed a little off, but the love for MJ was not. He did good. Uh, Barbara also said she watched it out of curiosity, and it still remains only a one-sided story. Sadly, we all know the ending. Uh, Our friend TJ Tabloid Junk, Searching for Neverland is a beautifully sad film about Michael Jackson's final years. Thank you for telling this story so well, Lifetime TV. Our listener, Trilet Musician, that would be Joe Kim. It was great, but it made MJ look like he was always angry and sad and not the shy and silly smiling that he had a lot in interviews. DeAngel Correa, which is JKLove66 on Twitter, thanks for sharing the movie on your page. It's actually a really respectful movie. With a better budget, it could have been great. Uh, Eric over on Twitter, Eric Cryange, it was interesting, but some parts I did cringe. And we have this one, which is very strongly worded. So any kids cover their ears. This is from Lady XO 2017, Mrs. Thardy. Y'all fucked this bio up. Don't make no damn sense. This dude has an accent. <laughs> this dude has an accent. Like really, really, and don't even look like MJ. Just why? All right. That might be enough from social media. I think we sort of covered a lot. Oh, wow. That covered a lot of different sort of responses to it. Yeah. And now I'm going to let my voice have a break and everyone have a break from my boring voice. And guys, what did you think? And I'll tell you what I thought after you guys. You know what? I watched it and I thought, like someone said, it was a respectful movie. I think it is respectful. And in terms of Navi, and when you mentioned about the UK audiences who have seen him more. I've seen him three times live and I've met him three times. And we actually like have chatted loads on Facebook about lots of stuff. And he's a really sound guy, to be honest. And I think the guy's not an actor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he claims to be. Um, he, there was definitely an accent issue. Um, but at the end of the day, like, and he calls himself the world's number one impersonator because I think when you go to his shows, the atmosphere he creates is 
is such an atmosphere just like a Michael concert. You know what I mean? Like he might not be the most who looks most like him or the best best dancer of him, but the atmosphere that surrounds him is really similar. And I thought the guys that played the bodyguards were insane. They were so good. I thought, yeah, and you're never you're never gonna get an actor that looks just like Michael or sounds just like him because that's why we love him because he was one one in a gazillion. And um, but I think they handled it in the best way they could. I'd give it a solid seven out of ten, maybe a six and a half is my Ooh, review. Excellent, and Jason. Well, I think. Uh... Well, I, I didn't haven't read the reviews you got. Uh, a lot of those reviews were not very very nice uh, to the movie. Well, I don't I don't know what to say to the people who gave their reviews on that like that. I don't see I don't see it as a bad movie. I don't blame Navi for you know his accent. I think I don't know. I have an accent, so for me, him having an accent, it's okay. I can relate, <laughs> but. He did a great job. I mean, the guy's not an actor. The guy's an impersonator. He dances. He doesn't act. So for him to pull it off in a way that it portrayed Michael as a lonely guy, and he was able to manage to get that across, uh, you know, even though he's not an actor. Yeah, he had the accent, but I can't get past that. So I don't have much to say. I just I respect for Navi for his work. It's not easy to act. Just try... Go ahead and try acting in front of a camera in a crew, and and you tell me how how you do. It's not easy. It's really not easy. Mm. So for him to pull it off, I'm happy about it. So there was actually one scene where he really did a really. Good, it was the scene where there's a camera in the swimming pool, and he like goes ballistic about the camera. Yeah, he nailed that scene. He was really good in that. Like he had he had his moments where I was like, yeah. okay, and yeah, like I say, like people who were saying it was like getting behind a camera and acting we've never done it before the first time I did it I was shocking it's terrifying <laughs> you, you you can't you forget how to speak I it's know. like yeah you, you feel like the most unnatural thing ever and he's used to stages and dancing and singing and so I think fair play to him I, I wouldn't do that I, I wouldn't be brave enough to do that yeah I mean if they tell you go ahead and cry it's like when you first start acting and they ask you to cry or do a very strong scene like that it's very difficult for you because you're not used to you know getting into a character so mm. you you feel like mm -hmm. they're gonna watch me cry you know they're watching me Jason cry yeah. and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed about that I don't want people to see me cry mm -hmm. so you have to get into the character and there's this whole thing so mm -hmm. you can pull it off and do it and and then when yeah. they say cut don't feel weird about it So he did it yeah. though in that scene. That was a perfect example. Thank you for pointing it out. Where he had to do it, and I cannot imagine how much pressure he probably felt before shooting it. But he managed, mm. and he was pretty good. I didn't like the scene myself in that point in the movie, but I liked his acting. The acting was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I th and it's Lifetime at the end of the day. Lifetime are notorious for doing sort of cringy, kind of cheesy films, aren't they? So the people who are saying it's cheesy and cringe, it's You know, it's what you're going to get. It's Lifetime. But at least it wasn't offensive. Like, I was never offended while watching it. I never yeah. thought, oh, that was awful. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. It might have just been a bit unbelievable at some points and a bit, you know, a bit off. But there's mm -hmm. nothing that was awful and, like, this is a, a sham to Michael's memory. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I didn't think it was done in any disrespectful way at all. I thought this is one of the few ones that they actually do try to respect his legacy and and the way mm -hmm. respect the book as well the book is pretty much everything in the book is in the movie they added a few things and stuff but mm. most of it is, is faithful to the book mm. what did you think you 
Well, I'll write down – I had some notes that I'd written down as I was watching it, and then at the very end I quickly wrote down sort of what I thought in a little paragraph, and I wrote, it was good, not bad, not great, but good. I think it was good casting for MJ. Navi was – he was right for me. He wasn't perfect, but he was good. Um, and it was enough for me, and I think for a lot of viewers, to suspend their disbelief. Yes, he had accent issues, but he's not an actor. He's not a trained actor, and he is English or Trinidadian, but, you know, he's from – he lives in England, so he has an English accent. I think the general public would buy his casting as Michael and sort of just suspend their disbelief enough and and enjoy the film i think the film was respectfully done with good intentions it wasn't negative or vindictive which you both sort of agreed on and i thought was a really positive point and i was also thinking if the javon and bill if they didn't get paid by michael well the book and this film sure traded off michael's name enough so that they would have earned their money from this i reckon so that was my impressions at the time. There was a few other notes that I had. At some times, it was like a J.J. Abrams film, like lens flare and soft focus everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was to sort of help so you weren't focusing on Navi's appearance or what, but I, it was just something I noticed. I thought okay. generally the casting was quite good. I didn't like the casting of Joe Jackson, though. I don't know. I thought he was just a bit young for the role. Yeah. Uh, he, mm. Out of the whole cast, he was not one that I thought was amazing. And they had those really cliche moments like when Joe rocked up and that boom, chicka chow, chow music sort of started. <laughs> that was so odd. Yeah. It was so bizarre. And the whole obsession with my prerogative that went through the whole film, like that's the only sort of... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that's the only that. <laughs> rights they had that they could use and it yeah. wasn't even a Michael song. Yeah, that's a thing. I would have... I know they had the whole thing with the MJ estate and everything and it was just... I think it would have just lifted it a bit if they could have had some of his songs in there, at least like one, just yeah. one of them. Because so the, people watch a Michael Jackson film, they want to hear a song, you know what I mean? They want to hear if the song. yeah. And that's why the the best of all of the sort of TV Michael films was Jackson's An American Dream because that was yeah. actually a legit thing that had the rights to the music. Mm. Um, like the estate put out a statement saying, you know, we aren't sanctioning this and we're not giving rights to the music. And that's a pretty standard thing for TV bio films. So that's not yeah. an unusual thing at all, especially like you said with these Lifetime ones. But I have a feeling that this one – was probably out of all of the Lifetime films, maybe one of their better efforts. Yeah. I, I suppose they had a lot of pressure on them, didn't they? They've got a whole, you know, massive fan base of people that are, got, you know, watching it and, like, through a, a microscope. And if they messed it up, they would have had a lot of angry people on their hands. Yeah. There was a couple of really weird things for me. I thought that the fake MJ music at the go-kart scene when – like he was teaching Blanket to dance. Oh, yeah. That yeah. really weird fake MJ song. Like was that a Navi original? Like what the hell? That was just a whole bizarre scene and that music was – I wrote down what the heck. 
with the <laughs> fake MJ music in the go-kart scene. It was bizarre. That was very strange. And I, I just thought it was really self-serving when they were like sort of painting Javon and Bill saying that they were the only two people that could save Michael. I thought that was like really weird and just an odd thing. I like I don't I think that was maybe from the book and it's just bizarre when people say stuff like that. It was mm. odd. I thought it was interesting how the trailers for this made it look quite different, I think. There was stuff in the trailers that did not appear in the finished film right. unless I'd seen an edited version. There was that scene in the trailers where Blanket set off the alarm and the security came busting in with the weapons and stuff and then Michael made that bizarre line of like oh, he wouldn't be able to have a gun because he'd want to shoot too many people and that wasn't in the finished film and I thought that was interesting. Maybe they sort of noticed some of the backlash for stuff that didn't seem believable and they sort of changed the way the film was finished I don't know. I wonder how much they were sort of listening to the reaction when the, they started putting promo out for it. Well, maybe they'll add it in the Blu-ray as uh, deleted. I won't be buying the Blu-ray. Like, I saw it from um, some sort of streaming thing, and I've seen it once. I don't think I need to see it again. All right. So, like, you, you both said Navi did a fairly decent job, but we all agreed that he was certainly no actor so I guess a point that I was going to ask was about do you think it's better to get an actor to play Michael or someone that you can suspend your disbelief a bit because he looks enough like Michael? Well, they tried that, didn't they, with Joseph Fiennes in that mm-hmm. Sky one. They tried yep. to hire an actor who they thought this guy will be able to act like him, but then they <laughs> did the worst job of any makeup I've ever seen in my entire life and thought that that was going to be, like, a sound person to play Michael, which was the most ridiculous idea ever. Plus he but was a I white guy. it's a happy me. Exactly. I don't, know, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, did they actually have a round table where they all sat there and went, yeah, he's the perfect person to play the king of pop, Michael <laughs> I Jackson? Think, I, I think don't they understand. did. <laughs> Ridic- absolutely ridiculous. So I think the, the people who made this Lifetime film will have seen the backlash of that and gone, right, okay, what can we learn from this? Clearly people want, you know, an impersonator or someone who's got more of a background of Michael. And I suppose it's a bit satisfying to know that Navi has literally spent half, pretty much half of his entire life dedicated to Michael Jackson and, you know, keeping his legacy alive and everything. And to know that it's not just some random actor who's probably only heard Thriller, you know, I mean, someone who actually is respectful and wants to do a decent job. And then I think we just have to put up with the fact that he might not be the most amazing actor in the world. But I don't think unless some incredible person comes along who's an incredible impersonator, but it's also an incredible actor, we're just going to have to put up with it for now. I think, yeah, well, the Ralphine thing is weird uh, because of the makeup. We we don't know. We've never seen how he acted. But I do believe that they could use an actor so that they can really get into character who can really do his voice and about the makeup on that actor i think we have enough people in in makeup and styling have enough stuff to make somebody look like michael even you know without any going to crazy things like doing surgery or anything i think we can do it i think they can do that so if the makeup part is covered and then you got an actor that is actually great at it i think that could work the actor may not be able to dance but you can always do a double 
to dance for him. I think we, it's, it's possible. I would rather have a real actor that has all of those things around him than, than an impersonator. Interesting. Okay, cool. I thought, yeah, we saw what happened when they got an Oscar award-winning, I'm pretty sure Ray Fiennes is an Oscar award-winning actor uh, to try and do that for Michael with the Sky Arts uh, film, and that was a disaster. So I was sort of pleased they went with an impersonator this time, and his facial structure is enough that I could suspend my disbelief and just watch it knowing this isn't Michael Jackson. This is not a documentary, but it's a story and I'll just get into it and see where it takes me. And it took me enough into that realm of like, okay, this is a Michael Jackson story. It's certainly better than the channel five men in the mirror one with um, Ernest Valentino that aired this year as well i thought that was nowhere up to this standard i think the budgets obviously have a lot to do with it as well i think the budget in this was enough that they could accomplish a lot of what they wanted to they certainly hired a good makeup artist and i wish navi would tour with that makeup artist his stage makeup i don't think is great at all but i thought the makeup in this film was pretty decent um, for a lot of it. There were yeah. some moments where it was not great, but definitely the makeup on the, for me sold that this is like Michael Jackson story that we're watching in this. Um, although, mm. yeah, the, the dry lips, there was some scenes. I'm like, dude, get some chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> What? You didn't I notice you that? I know. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. I didn't. Now you've mentioned it, I'm thinking back and I'll, oh, actually, yeah, he did. <laughs> I thought there was one bit where he did look a lot like him. It was the photo shoot bit where he was like on the throne. I thought yes. that was where he looked most like him, I think, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, that was that was pretty well recreated, I thought, as a whole. Well, overall, I thought it was well-directed. I think um, that part of that is uh, the director, his responsibility is to make sure the actor does the job, and I think um, he, he directed well uh, on Navi. Cinematography-wise, uh, you mentioned the flares and the soft lensing, and the focus was great. I think I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I really liked it. It made it look more cinematic. But the only things I would change would be the editing. The editing was kind of uh, weird for me. I would have changed some scenes. I would have made them shorter, some of them longer. I don't know, like that scene where he was crying. It's a very intense scene and uh, people liked it. Some people liked it. Uh, I did like it, but I didn't like the fact that they put it first and then they explained afterwards what was going on in that scene. I think they should have done backwards. They should have explained what was going on in the scene and then put the scene in. Uh, because otherwise it, it looked like it just came out of nowhere. So I didn't like that choice. And uh, there's other scenes that I, I would have changed. The casting was good. I like most of them. You know, just mentioned uh, Joseph. Uh, I think he did a good job at acting. Yeah, he was too skinny, <laughs> but but he did a good job. Uh, overall, all of the actors were great. And the kids uh, is the only problem I had with. I don't think they were that great. But okay, they, they don't have much to the story anyway. So it's okay. And the one I really liked was the doctor, the doctor Murray. He was in that scene. I really liked it because he was only on the frame for a few seconds. But that's the only scene that gave me the chills in the whole movie. 
because I could really feel, oh, this guy is evil. <laughs> the eyes, the way he presented himself, it, it was like, he did a great job for five seconds, <laughs> you know, of acting. And that was a great scene. That's one of the highlights for me, that, that little scene. And so that was great casting choices. Yeah, I didn't feel good when Murray was on the screen. It was not a good feeling. It wasn't, yeah. But then there were other scenes where they, the way they portray Michael, like that scene before that where he was asking for the doctor, I didn't like it because he's acting like he doesn't know what to do at all. You know, the kid is sick and he has no clue what to do. I don't think Michael would have acted like that, you know, asking for help, like desperate, like, oh, I'm going crazy. The kid has a fever. All kids have fevers, you know. So just chill and call the doctor. But they, they made it too paranoid uh, Same with that scene with the, with the cameras. Some stuff like that I would have changed. But overall, it was good. I don't know if they're still up. I think they might have been deleted. But Paris Jackson actually did tweet about the film. And she may have then deleted some of the tweets. But the tweets I managed to catch uh, and screen cap, she said, No way, y'all. I was the one that named him Kenya. TF is this lol. So I thought that was interesting. And also she said a lot of fake facts in this movie and they made him seem weird as opposed to eclectic. But I can tell they put effort into it and I appreciate that. Basically Mm -hmm. all of Tegan Burns' dialogue never happened, but it was cute and she did a really great job with what she was given. I'm assuming that was the actress that played Mm. the role of Paris. Still hella bummed that they didn't choose Angela Bassett to play my grandma again because she was fucking amazing in American Dream. Mm. And she also tweeted, not attacking. I said she did a great job and I was simply clarifying that the script writers were inaccurate with the dialogue, lol, damn. So that may have been why, because <laughs> obviously anything she tweets, she gets a lot of hassle for, even though she's yeah. always just tr- saying what is true and honest for her. Maybe that's why she deleted the tweets. But I thought her tweets were quite another interesting point is the accuracy of this. And we have to remember that this is only one side. And if Paris was there and she's saying a lot of that stuff was not accurate, then that's something people need to remember. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It, it was a good book. I remember reading the book and it was enjoyable. But yeah, people need to keep in mind that's just their side of the story and they have their agenda and, and they got a book deal and they got a movie deal. So it worked out pretty good for them. So what do you think of the of the set decoration and the, the, the choices that they had for the sets? Generally, I thought they did a really good job. And I think that's where the budget came into it compared to the Channel 5 film with Ernest Valentino. I think the budget was a lot less for something like that. For for this one, yeah, I thought they did really well. It was it was believable. It made me – it was what I pictured when I was reading the book. Yeah, exactly. And for me, this movie has uh, – it connects with me. And I would watch it again because this is the moment when I really became a Michael fan. And this is the, this is the time I remember those years I was wondering – what is Michael doing right now? You know, and I had no clue. So for me, watching the movie and reading the book, it puts me into a place where I always wanted to to be or to know what was going on. At this time, there was nothing on Michael in the news or anything. So he was just like this big American superstar that I had no clue what he was doing. So the the movie answered a lot of those questions for me. And it puts me into that era 
you know, where I was wondering stuff. So I, that's why I like it. I have a connection to that stuff. The set decorations, I really liked. I liked everything. Did you notice the paintings? They were interesting, yes. Yeah, they had a mixture of uh, real MJ and, and Navi and uh, some of those. We, we've seen those those paintings around in Michael's collection and uh, they reproduced them. <laughs> you know, that's expensive stuff to make a big old painting. It, that's I don't know how they managed, but that, they did a great job on that and really made me feel like I was watching Michael because of the things around him. That's actually a really good point that you raised with those paintings. Firstly, the photos in the background, it was interesting how they went to the detail of even recreating family photo shoots and different things that they can put just in the background. But the paintings they used, how did they do those? Because <laughs> we know that we know they have them in the collection somewhere. They haven't mm -hmm. sold them off yet. The thing is, when the estate said that they didn't support the making of this film and, and some other future stuff that's coming out, at the premiere of this film, those big paintings were at the premiere. I don't know if they were the originals or reproductions, but even if they were reproductions, how did they get reproductions of the originals if the estate weren't sort of giving them access to do that? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And finding a, a painter that could do it at that grand scale, it probably took months to, to, to do them. Unless they're a picture, like maybe just printed it out. Well, I don't know. We didn't get to see them that close. but Yeah, the quality looked pretty good, though. So it was either a copy that they printed out from the picture. And I guess you can find a lot of this artwork on the internet, but surely not in good enough quality to blow it up a couple of meters big. Mm -hmm. Or they sort of had access to them and they could copy them that way. Yeah. The fact that they were at the um, premiere, I was like, Where, what the hell? That was, yeah, just a little curious thing that I thought. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just say that I enjoyed a YouTube review that listener Aaron Clement sent in. He's over on Twitter at AC underscore army underscore leader. So he's got a YouTube channel, damn it, Clem, and shout out to Aaron for, for letting me watch his uh, review of it over on YouTube. And Jenkins did a really good episode, episode 23 uh, over at the Moonwalk Talks podcast. He did a really in-depth review uh, so there's another, if you want to hear some other points of view from him and one of his MJ mates, he did a great podcast episode all around this searching for Neverland film. Yeah, I heard it. It was really cool. He's talking to his, with his friend about the movie. He goes over an hour reviewing what he saw. So yeah, very in-depth. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I got to hear from you guys about it and your opinions. Mm -hmm. But it was awesome hearing from our listeners on Facebook and Twitter. It was definitely one of the biggest responses we've had when we've put out for people's opinions. Um, sorry, I could not get through all of those, um, but I shared a couple. I, we could have really spoken for about two hours on all of the feedback we had across those platforms. <laughs> But I wanted to make sure we had a balance. I know Jamin didn't love the film, mainly because it wasn't a documentary and Jamin loves documentaries. So that was one thing that uh, Jamin was just wanting and did not get in this. It was certainly not a documentary at all. And did you have any other stories about Navi at all, Laura? Um, 
I just made a fool of myself a lot in front of him because I met him for the first two times and then I went to see him when he because he performed with Jennifer Batten uh, who was Michael Jackson's um, guitarist with the crazy blonde hair you know that she's incredible so we got to perform with her and I, so I met her as well and he because he watches some of my YouTube videos so I went to meet both of them him and this you know Jennifer Batten and uh he starts laughing as I walk up and he goes oh this is Laura she does like some she has YouTube videos and stuff I'll show you them later and I was like please don't show Jennifer Batten my YouTube videos she'll think I'm weird (laughs) and Jennifer goes too late so Jennifer thinks I'm weird so that was a fun day but yeah no we had a laugh it's all good (laughs) she's we're good not we're bad (laughs) oh I can deal with being weird good I can live with that (laughs) and there you go that's our discussion for today. Laura, I think you've inspired another music break. Have I? Yeah. How about today? You can That's be our like you can be our Liberian girl today, Laura. Oh, I'd love to. What an honor. <laughs> All right. We're gonna listen to the Master Chick remix of Liberian Girl. Mm-hmm. All right.
This is Mike Smallcomb, author of Making Michael, Inside the Career of Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. And there we have it. We've had a lot of songs inspired by our guest co-host, Laura, today. Hopefully you've enjoyed those. I've loved them, personally. (laughs) You're our muse, Laura. You're our muse. Oh, stop it. Stop it now. I'm blushing. (laughs) Uh, So also, if you head over to Twitter and you're going to be live tweeting the episode, like our live tweeter, Carly, uh, the hashtag to use will be hashtag the MJ cast EP 60. That is hashtag the MJ cast EP 60. And we, of course, will be doing our usual little music poll. So you can let us know when you vote over on Twitter, how you liked the music and what your favorite was out of all of the tracks today. Also, um, for a future episode, guys, it's going to be a question and answer episode with me. So I was going to get you to emailing questions for consideration for myself, Q, to answer on an upcoming episode. If you could email before the 28th of July, that would be super. So if you label your email a question for Q, so it can be show-related, fandom related life related um i'm not a wikipedia or encyclopedia and i don't know everything i'm just a fan like you guys but uh we did a question and answer in a previous season and it was good fun so we're going to do it again while jamin's still away uh so yeah send in your questions label them a question for q on email of course if you listen you know our email is the MJCast at iCloud.com. And we'll see where that takes me on that episode. Could be interesting. A question for Q. What is the meaning of life? Love. <laughs> good, good answer. All right, that's a preview of what's coming up. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. How about we head into finds of the week before we finish up the show, guys? All right. Jason, I know you've had this find of the week for a while. Yeah, yeah, this is one of my favorites. I've, I found this guy on YouTube while searching for, I think I was searching for vocals or something. And then I found this guy. He was saying how to make the song scream. So he puts it out on his processor, whatever he has. He's a, I think he's a musician or a DJ or something. And he recreates the song layer by layer. And it gives you an in-depth look at how Michael made his music. Because it's so much stuff going on that you don't know until you until you listen to this guy and you watch this video. I appreciated the song even more. There's so much stuff I never even noticed. But once he pointed it out, I'm like, yeah, that's right there. No wonder I like this song so much. Uh, so great stuff. Uh, go ahead and watch it. Learn a little bit and, and be amazed by the quality and all the layering MJ put in his music. I think I, I did watch this and I think... It just gives you a tiny taste of the layering and the depth of levels there are in a Michael song. Yeah, definitely. And uh, all this has to be mixed, you know. You've got to put the right volume for each sound so it doesn't overpower the other sounds and it doesn't sound like a mess. So I don't know how he manages to put all these different sounds playing at the same time and not make it sound just like a complete mess. Everything actually has a rhythm somehow, but that's Bruce Houdin mixing, <laughs> and uh, that's what it was. That's it. 
Well, that was awesome. And I've actually got a little audio clip from someone you guys might remember, Jamin, our other co-host that is on paternity leave. Jamin has a similar find of the week that he wanted to share with us, Jason, and it sort of ties into yours in that it's a little bit related. It's uh, Mix Engineer that actually did work on some of the tracks uh, and specifically They Don't Care About Us. And anyway, I'll let Jamin tell you about it. Hi, everybody. It's Jamin here. Hopefully you're enjoying episode 60. It sounds like a really fun one by looking at the show notes. Uh, look, um, thought I'd just call in and catch up with everybody and let you all know that I'm having a great time being a new dad and uh, having lots of fun with Olivia and uh, doing all the sort of dad stuff like changing nappies and, and having fun cuddling her and, and just uh, having a great time. But I thought I'd take a few minutes out of my schedule being a new dad to, uh, to, to call in and do a uh, find of the week. Uh, recently, I've been really enjoying this video uh, that I found online. It's uh, a seminar sort of Q&A session with a guy called Leslie Braithwaite, who I'd actually never heard of until the other day, uh, until I saw this video on the Michael Jackson archives on Facebook. And this guy's really interesting. Even though I'd never heard of him, it turns out he was the mix engineer on Michael Jackson's single, They Don't Care About Us. And he does this great Q&A session around what it was like to mix that song. He talks about it as being the most difficult song he's ever mixed in his career. Uh, and he talks all about what Michael wanted on the song. And uh, it's very, very interesting listen. So I hope you guys enjoyed this find of the week. Uh, and I'll see you back on the MJ cast uh, in a few episodes time. Um, until then, keep Michaeling. A general question here about how long it takes uh, to mix this session start to finish. And when are you comfortable with it being done? Okay. Uh, first question, uh, that answer can vary anywhere from 20 minutes to 20 days. It just depends on the amount of content. Um, it depends on how organized the content is. It depends on how the level of crazy of the artist or producer. And they all have varying levels of crazy and levels of content. And it could go, it could go either way. And, and the longest I've ever done um, was um, when we were working with uh, Michael Jackson. We were doing um, They Don't Care About Us. And that mix probably took like six months just because he couldn't make up his mind. We were going back and forth. It wasn't a, a necessarily a technical thing. It's just he wanted this. And then he was like, he came in, he called one day and was like, he, you know, Michael was, you know, I want some sticks in there. I just want to, I want to put some sticks. Sticks, like, what do you mean? Like, you know. And then he'll, and then it's so funny because Bruce, Bruce and I were talking about it last night where Michael would ask for the craziest thing. And when you get to his level of crazy, it actually sounded good, but you had to get to his level. You had to understand, like, what are sticks? Like, you're, I want sticks in the mix. I went, you know, guys, I want to have sticks. And you're like, okay. And then when you get to his level of crazy and you figure out what sticks are, then, then you know, like, and then we walk around the next day, like, you know, the sticks sound good. Like, <laughs> you know, it's good sticks. But you got to get there with him. So, again, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so many factors that determine how long a mix could take. Um, as far as when I know I'm done, I actually kind of just touched on it before, where when I start second-guessing myself, whenever I start feeling like I'm asking too many questions, you can unravel a mix just as much as you mixed the song. You can, 
you can unmix a song just as much as you mixed it. So you gotta, I know when my stopping point is when I start asking too many questions, when I start saying, hmm, should I have turned that kick up or down, or should I have done this, or should I have, when there's too many questions in a row like that, that's when I stop. And I had a question back over here. What was your most difficult project that you worked on, and in what time frame like, were you able to complete it? Um, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, the, the most difficult mix ever that I was a part of was the They Don't Care About Us, uh, Michael Jackson situation. Because, uh, A, I was working with Bruce Wadeen. So first of all, I was sitting next to my mentor, the guy who I'd idolized all my life, and you know who made me want to do what I'm doing. I, I was, you know, we we gave him an award last night, and I was kind of touching on that. And to be able to have the opportunity to work on a history album and sit, you know, I did, I didn't expect to even be working with him. I was only out there in the capacity of Michael. I was working with Dallas Austin at the time, and Michael wanted Dallas to make sure he brought brought the person who mixed his beats because when he sent him the beats for Michael to pick from, Michael was like, no, these sound raw and rugged and rough, and I want that same energy. So I was only really going just to be going, because we had already printed everything and had it you know, formatted a certain way. And I walked in there to meet Bruce, and he told me to come sit down and, and mix with him. And I was like, he's actually going to let me do that? And you know, so that was difficult for a lot of reasons, because I was so damn nervous the whole time. So just to even get through calming my nerves to get the task done was, you know, a, a hectic process. And then when, once I got through that and I got comfortable with him and comfortable with Michael being there, and then even the after process of coming back to it, going back to Atlanta and messing with the track, we had to, it was just a technical nightmare because we used, I think we used four or five 48-track digital machines all locked up together. It was a, a logistics nightmare. Um, just to get the song to play right. And then Michael kept wanting to add stuff. <laughs> Sorry, stuff. I said stuff. I didn't do it. Um, but Michael kept wanting to add stuff, and he kept asking for sticks and rocks. And you know, after a while, we were like, what? Like, so it was, a, it was a very tough process for a lot of different reasons. And then the obvious reason of not wanting to mess up or, you know. So that was, that was a tough one, but good. Yeah, that's a great find. You know, Michael, uh, I always heard this song, and I like the beat. I like the rhythm. I like singing it, dancing it. But I never thought it had so much depth to it. I really never thought. Because it sounds so simple, just like a drum, you know, and some claps and stuff, and a guitar later. But then this guy comes and says this, <laughs> six months. That's like, what? Why? But because of the layering, you know, I need to hear the song again uh, with somebody explaining to me every layer so I can appreciate it even more. Something like a Brad Sundberg sort of seminar. Yeah. 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 That was interesting to hear how much went into that and care. Like you said, it sounds so simple. So Laura, have you got a find of the week that you can share with us? Oh, I do. I'm very excited for my first ever find of the week. So Yay. what I found was because I am a big nerd when it comes to brass band music because <gasps> I grew up with it. I'm obsessed. I grew up in the Salvation Army. I believe you call it the Salvo Army over there or something like yes, that. Yes, the Salvos. And the Salvos, right. So I was a Salvo growing up. <laughs> So the sound of a brass band just warms my heart and makes me feel so at home. So I found, um, I was listening to a thriller 
by Touch of Brass Big Band, uh, which are based in San Jose, California. And it's just mint. It's so good. It's like a seven minute arrangement and they have all these breakdowns in it and it just sounds so good. So to have Michael and a brass band in one thing is my heaven. So it's great. I have a feeling I'm going to love that a lot. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It just sounds so good. I love it. Oh, nice. Well, all of these links are going to be over in the show notes over at the MJ Cast. Dot com And if you're listening via a podcast application, because after all, we are the MJ cast, hence being a cast, we're a podcast. So if you actually look in your podcast app, the show notes are often there and you can actually click on the links directly from the device you're listening to. Wow, Laura, I'm excited to see that link because, yeah, like I said, I think I'm going to love that. That's going to remind me of the, the band walking up Main Street USA in Disneyland. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's just a lovely sound. It just makes me smile. I love it. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Thank you so much for bringing that to the table. No worries. So my find of the week is related to a Michael fan who is a friend of mine online. His name is Sean Kenneth O'Hara. Uh, he has been a Michael fan for decades and decades since he was 11. And I think it was the Motown 25 sort of moment uh, where Michael sort of left the shadow of his brothers and moonwalked into orbit higher and brighter than any other star that sort of made Sean a fan. Um, Sean is raising funds for a for medical procedures because he's hoping to get a kidney transplant uh he in 2002 suffered acute renal failure and nearly died uh and besides his family and his faith and heroic doctors which we always salute he attributes the power of michael's music and his influence being um and being a fan of michael and a soldier of love that michael really helped give him the strength he needed to pull through that uh living with chronic kidney disease he's been on dialysis in some form approaching 10 long years and i have to say when he sort of puts up on facebook about going for dialysis and stuff i just i just cannot imagine especially that he's been going through this for so long. I can't imagine how difficult that is for all those people out there that have to do this on a regular basis. And I really just like bow down to them for their strength. But he is hopeful and looking forward to a prospective kidney transplant to finally attain some normalcy at long last in not only his diet, but also in life. Um, Sean is of dad he's got three kids of his own uh 24 22 and 15 and the older kids actually have children so he's actually got three grandchildren as well and of course wants to uh, live a life that he can see his kids and his grandkids continue to grow and, and live their lives there has been a fundraising campaign established um in his honor to help offset the overwhelming uninsured and out-of-pocket expenses associated with Sean getting a much-needed kidney transplant to, to live a, a longer life. Um, and that, that was my find of the week. So Sean has his campaign. It's over at Help Hope Live. 
dot org slash campaign slash one two eight five three and i just wanted to put it out there that if there if there's michael fans out there that might be able to contribute and help in some way to one of their own to a michael fan of decades and decades and he's a really great guy he's such a lovely guy and he's been through so much. I'm, I'm just hoping that there are some fans out there that can maybe contribute to Sean and for this cause of helping him continue life in, in a better way um, when he gets a kidney transplant. So I just wanted to shout out to Sean and to his family. And I hope that maybe we can get a few contributors, even if it's just like a couple of dollars, if you can spare it, head over to the the help hope live campaign and and give what you can to a good guy that was my find of the week all right thank you q fingers crossed well before we part ways with laura i just wanted to do a few quick thank yous to listeners out there and jamin actually has some thank yous listed here as well uh MJ Immortal Words over on Twitter, which is uh, M-J-I-W-R-D-S. Just wanted to give a shout out. Also to Anna Rose at M Genius Jackson on Twitter. And of course, Marita, Marita Applehead. Jamin says he loves your humor and interactions. Also, he said, Yolanda Luna Joe, Vandergrift, love your positivity and how much you chat with us on Facebook. Also, Hassa at Hassa81, Jamin said, what a legend. And I wanted to thank you a few people from the mailbag. Thank you for your emails. Rachel T in Austin, Texas. You heard of that place, Jason? <laughs> yeah, that's where I went to the Brad's seminar last time. Awesome. Well, maybe Rachel was there. I'm not sure. But Rachel T over there in Austin, an amazing effort I wanted to shout out. She only found out about the MJ cast back in May and she must have gone crazy or something because she listened to every episode wow. and caught up since May <laughs> and loved it and is now an avid listener. And I thought, well, hats off to that lady because she must be so sick of hearing from us and us waffling on all our crazy talk. But Rachel, thank you so much. Also emails this week from Alexander Dillard, Claudia Mucha, Brian Behrens, and Tyler Clausen. It was so good to hear from you all. Thank you for emailing. Yeah, thank That's you. about it. Guys. We made it. We made it. So we're a podcast. We are available across podcast apps, which is Apple Podcasts. We're also found on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, things like Podbean. So go find a podcast app on your device that you have in your hand. Search for either the MJ cast or search for Michael Jackson podcast and you will find us there. Subscribe and then you'll never miss a show. You can have all the shows automatically downloaded to your device and you can take them and do whatever you want as you listen to the MJ cast. You'll also find us across social media platforms. Say hello to me because that will probably be me on the other end of it a lot of the time. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as the MJ cast. We're also over on Tumblr. doesn't get a lot of action over on Tumblr. So if you're a listener on Tumblr, give us a shout out wave to us, share the show. That'd be great. The mjcast.tumblr.com. 
email, of course, the MJCast at iCloud.com and all show notes and the blog is over at the MJCast.com and we like getting comments over there as well. Also, it'd be really great if you could rate and review us on a podcast app, especially if there's something like Apple Podcasts or iTunes, rate and review the show because that helps the, in the, the visibility of the show so other Michael Jackson fans can find it. How about you, Jason? You, of course, are the incredible host and producer of the MJ Cast in Espanol. Where can people find you? Yes, they can find us at the mjcast.com slash espanol. We're on Twitter, very active on Twitter at the mjcastesp. We also on Facebook all the time, the mjcast. You can find our YouTube channel. Just search for the MJCast in Espanol and you'll find us there. We share the same email account so you can send us your Espanol emails at the MJCast at iCloud.com. We're doing a great job over there. A lot of teaching we're doing, uh, showing people stuff they never heard before. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why we have that podcast because the English, the English stuff never translates into Spanish. Nobody translates for them. There's nobody dedicated to that, but we are doing it now. So if you're you are listening, doing yeah, so if an you're listening, amazing job. And you want to get to know specifically what everybody's talking about in English, but you don't speak English, uh, there you are. That's what you can find us. And we're doing our best. And Laura, where can we find you? I am on YouTube as The Book of Laura and Twitter as Laura E. Nick. But it's all on my YouTube. Every other thing you'll find me on Instagram is Laura Norder, which is funny because it's like <laughs> Laura Norder. And it's a pun. But it still the makes spellings me of laugh. all of those will be on my YouTube channel. <laughs> no one gets it until about four weeks after they follow me. They're like, oh, I just got your Instagram name. And I'm like, yeah, it does that. So, yeah, just on my YouTube channel. It'll all be on there. I like following you on Instagram as well as YouTube. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's always an absolute pleasure and delight to speak with you, Laura. Thank you so much for joining oh, oh, us from you. sunny England. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my sunny. God. It is actually the sun's come out as we've been speaking. The sun has Excellent. come out. Excellent. Well, so it's, it's all good. Thank you so from, much for having me anytime. Oh, no worries. It's always great. You're always a ray of English sunshine, like I mentioned before. <laughs> And Laura, sorry, oh, Laura, sorry, we didn't have a Michael Jackson family member on this one, but hey, this is just me. Sorry. I, you know what? I don't think my heart could have taken it, so I'm kind of glad of it. Okay. I think I would have blacked out right here. So. No surprises. No surprises on this episode. <laughs> Jason, say something in Spanish to Laura. I want to hear you speak Spanish. Hola, Laura. ¿Cómo estás? That's it. That's all I want to uh, say. <laughs> estoy bien. Estoy bien. Gracias. Oh, you have that a a Spanish accent. <laughs> That's all I can say. I can say Belenjenas. Is that aubergine? <laughs> well, that's very random things. That's good enough. You probably you probably just swore. I don't know. <laughs> what was the word again? <laughs> What's the word? Belenjenas or something like that, like eggplant. <laughs> Berenjenas. Yes, that's what I mean. Oh yeah, that's a that's a plant. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Why, why would you know that word? That cool. makes no sense. No idea. No idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. I want to say random stuff. And uh, before we go, let's uh, uh, congratulate Jamin because it was his birthday this week and he had a lot of congratulations on Facebook. He did, didn't he? Yeah. He's a popular man, Mr. Jamin. <laughs> he has a beautiful daughter now. Celebrate his birthday. I mean, everything's coming together for him. 
and he doesn't have to worry Which about the show is. because Q Q got it. Well, no, it's just me talking a lot of waffle. It's you <laughs> that've got the show. You've saved the day. We've got Jason. it. You know, we got Laura here. We got authors, and it's been great. Uh, but we love the fact that Jamin is enjoying his time. I think uh, he planned it around his birthday so he could have all that fun. Um, I don't know. I Maybe. wish I would have planned my my daughter to be born in January. Yeah, but he might have done that. <laughs> Purposely. <laughs> Wanted to give a shout out to your co-hosts, Ale and Sandra. Thank you to the ladies for all the support they give you and all the hard work over at the MJ Cast en Espanol. Yes, yes. Uh, hi to the girls. I I really enjoy uh, doing the show with them. I learn so much from them They every day. They come up with stuff that I'm like, are you kidding me? I never thought about it like that. But, you know, they have that feminine intuition and they teach me stuff I, I never thought about. So I'm very glad. Well, thank you guys. That's for why it. we that's why we grabbed Laura today as well. Yeah. Great. Stuff. She's not. Oh, just I can't training. teach you anything. <laughs> She's just not training to be a tree. <laughs> I'm also training to lie down and <laughs> act as a different animal. I don't know. Who knows? No one but does. You can also sing, Laura, and you yeah. can sing very well. Oh, bless you. So <laughs> I we're, <try>. actually, <laughs> we're gonna finish the show with a little a little ditty that you did. I did do a ditty. I did do a ditty. Do a ditty, diddy dum, diddy do. So this is actually Indeed. I picked it's probably my favorite cover of Michael that you've done. It was with Berowyn Jones. How do you know Beryl? Mm -hmm. uh, he's in my class at my acting school. So he's a very talented guy. And I, I made him get in front of a piano and sing with me. And I liked the bloopers to this video as well. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how we spend all our time, just having a good old giggle. Nice. So what we're going to end the show with is um, Human Nature with yourself, Laura, and Berowyn Jones uh, accompanying you. I think it's a beautiful duet. Uh, you've got great voices, and he's a very talented on the piano as well as a great singer. Uh, and I thought that was a really beautiful way we could end the show today, and uh, hopefully people will like that. And you never know, maybe people will vote that this is their favorite track from the episode <laughs> over on Twitter. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, thank you very much. No worries. It's been a pleasure, Laura. I'm going to sign off now and thank you all for listening to the MJ cast. And I look forward to hosting with you all again at some point. And don't forget to send your questions in email, the MJ cast at iCloud.com with a question for Q for a future show where I will be answering as many questions as I can. So thank you, folks, and Michael on. Adios, amigos. Looking out across the night time. The city winks a sleepless eye Hear her voice I shake my window A sweet seducing sight Get me out Into the night time For walls won't hold me tonight If this Why, why tell
Let me hear. I, I didn't hear your cover. Oh, nice. Nice harmonies. You love it. Let's sing a song, Lara, before you go. Let's sing a song. What do you want to sing? I'll be there. Okay. You can right, do, you start. I don't know if it's going to be a delay, but let's try that. Okay? Okay, go on. We'll do a line each. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. Who starts? Me or you? You. Okay, I start. Three, two, one. You and I must make a pact. We must bring salvation back. Where there is love, I'll be there. Yay! Good job. Great. That's beautiful. Where, where's the piano? Wow. Lovely. You guys. I love nice that song. One. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> Is a good How song. Special. Woo. Where's my hat? I need my hat. <laughs> <laughs> my sombrero. <laughs> you know, Michael was wearing a sombrero. <laughs> Back when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pink hat. Yeah, pink. The pink oh. one. 
<laughs> so if Laura ever gets famous, I get to say, I did a duet with her. What's up with you? <laughs> you know? I said, I got to do a duet with you. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> I got a chance. Not everybody can do this. Very true. Thought in a little paragraph. And I wrote, hang on a minute, guys. My cats are having a fight. I have to go <laughs> split. I have to split them up. So just bear with me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so you did like uh, Navi's performance, Laura? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was like, like I say, he's not an actor. I thought he did a, a decent job, but I think he's much more better doing his concerts and stuff because they are pretty good. Whenever I've been to see them, and he's mm. really respectful in those as well. Like he does, he does. Will you be there? But he does. He put. He leaves the stage like midway through it and just leaves on a video montage of like. Michael and all the stuff he's achieved and so he takes the attention away from him and puts it back onto Michael and he's just he's just a nice guy and I think he just had an opportunity and he actually he told me that he was going for an audition for it like before it happened he he was something like um I'm, I might be in a in a movie with Susan DePass I'm, I'm in conversations with her um And then, so I sort of like heard about it and then it was all released and I was like, oh, so that's the thing he was talking about. But yeah, no, I think he did an all right job. Okay, you're back. I'm back. Yeah. Yep. Sorry about that. They are being very misbehaving tonight. <laughs> the lad I sing it with will be very excited that it's on. <laughs> oh yeah. What's his Let's name see. again? His name's, he's got a very tricky name. He's Welsh. So it's called, Be it's like Berowin. So it's like heroin, but with a B in front of it. Berowin. Berowin Jones. Jones is easy enough. Oh, he'll love it if he gets a little shout out. Go on, Berowin. <laughs> yeah, he. you guys did beautifully together. It was like, oh, my God, oh, these are perfect thank voices. You. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, that is probably the favourite cover I've ever done, that one. It was awesome, but like, with the piano as well. Like, it was just yeah, he, all the things. Yeah, he's good at that sort of stuff. Do you play instruments? I play I play the trumpet, weirdly enough. <laughs> That's fine. That's a real thing. <laughs> Lisa's not the kazoo. <laughs> It's just such a bizarre instrument. People look at me and they just never expect that I play the trumpet. It's just bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to a, a trumpet concert tonight, actually. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, cool. Who's playing? It's, I know a girl who runs a big band and she's doing a big night of like swing and jazz. Oh, and nice. I like Love all that. that. I like that music when you hear it at Disneyland, like Disneyland mm. Paris on Main Street and yeah. that sort of thing. It's great. Absolutely great. Last time they did um, "Blame It on the Boog" as well, so I had a bit of a bit of a freak out. Excellent. It was a great moment. Nice. Come on, Jason. Let's get this show on the road. I've only got 63% Come on, battery. Jason. Let's get this show on the road. He's only I'm, got 63% I'm, I'm battery. How's my Australian accent? It was pretty good, actually. Oh, sick. Are you ready? Did you do a, a test of our vocal levels or something, Jason? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm waiting for you. Okay. Did good. you need a coffee? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hope my wife brings me you one wanna, later. You should, well, okay. Unless you want to go get one now. Uh, No, I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> It's just I, I, I had these pills and they made me sleepy. And I think they, okay. they, I think they last for a while because I, t I had it yes, oh. I had it yesterday, and I was sleeping till like eleven in the morning. And right is now it's because seven twenty. Is this because of like college? <laughs> you not? Do you need it to sleep because of college and stuff? 
No, I was in an accident like a couple of weeks back, and uh, it, it, it I was hurting, and I went to the doctor, and then they gave me those. Um, it's basically pain medication. So. Uh, how come you never told us about the accident? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just happened, and uh, I don't know. Are you okay? Yeah, like- yeah, I'm great. It's just uh, I have pain in my neck because of the whiplash, because they hit me from, from the back and on the freeway. So we were going pretty fast. And I had, oh whip, my God. I had whiplash, but I didn't feel anything. And then I went to work and I started feeling kind of dizzy and I had a headache, um, but the dizziness left. Ten days later, I was still having this, this kind of a pain in, in the neck and my head. So that's when I decided to go to the doctor. I thought it was way too long. It didn't go away. And then he gave me these medications uh, two days ago and now I'm sleepy every morning. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> you be careful if you have to drive and stuff, okay? Yeah, that was the worst part. Driving made me dizzy, but um, I think I'm better now, so that should be fine. Okay, well, if we hear snoring, I'll yeah. um, send you a message <laughs> or something. Please do. And it's a little tiny pill, but it lasts for like 12 hours, I guess. Well, send me some because I, I always need stuff to help me sleep. Oh, no. Cool. All right, here we go. And Michael on. Adios, amigos. See ya. <laughs> what are you going to say, Laura? <laughs> well, for the promo thing. Oh, to sign off the show. Oh, sign off. Oh, um, um, hee <laughs> Simone. That's the first. That's awesome. <laughs> That's my sign off. The MJ Cast.